0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is an EMT kit, and it's a special one that you cannot get, I think, maybe anywhere. I'm not positive. Here's a splint. You know, you hear that? But But not only that, I have these sutures that are in here. Now, I know this kind of has a Frankensteinian... I uh, kind of thought to it, but think about it. if you're isolated, if there's a hurricane, there's an earthquake. listen, I've been through both now earthquakes and hurricanes, and I will tell you you are isolated and and you call 911 and they'll say it has a, a ice compressed instant ice. Now think about that. no electricity after an earthquake, no electricity after a tornado, no electricity after a hurricane. Half my neighborhood didn't have electricity. This is a chest seal. It's a vented chest seal. Obviously for a a really bad uh, chest wound, there's a couple of those. Sleeve for taking your blood pressure. A stethoscope. I don't even know what you're listening for there, but I'll learn. But this blood pressure kit alone, you know, you should have on hand in your house. I'm Graham Ledger. And this... Is a special edition of the Ledger Report. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Graham Ledger here. Cracker 82.5 on the Ledger Report. We are live, we are local, and we are very happy today because we're living in Southwest Florida, a beautiful place, it's gonna be rather warm. We'll get into that in just a minute, but the cherries are here. The cherries are here. So here it is, what, June 14th, 2023, the day after a day of infamy in Miami, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But cherries are in the stores and they're decent. And apparently they're all coming from California, uh, which is rather unfortunate. I don't know why California has the lock on cherries. It mustn't. And, you know, go ahead and reach out to me and tell me where else we grow cherries in this country. I'm not sure where. GrahamLedger411 at gmail. GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. But the cherries are here, which means that we are officially in summer. And... With that, we go down to the beach, speaking of summer, and Siesta Key, and boy, the camera is even more crooked. There's a single person down there on that beautiful, white, powdery sand, Uh, and why not? Uh, Apparently, Sarasota, this is Siesta Key, which is smack dab in the middle of Sarasota, well, on the edge of Sarasota. Um, Sarasota has been named something very special, and we'll get into that uh, with Special Ed in just a minute. But there is um, a a warning regarding the weather today, and we want to get into that as soon as possible, but also um, on the program today. Of course, this is the day after a day of infamy in Miami where the 45th president was persecuted, and they put a a legal crown of thorns on him, flogged him in, in public, made him carry his cross into the courthouse, charged him with phony crimes you had the Pontius pilot of our time this Jack Smith there you know washing his hands literally of the situation then giving it to his prosecutors and on we go to the next phony charges that are coming out of Georgia remember we still have another a drop in Georgia uh, where we had that crazy forewoman of the of the jury the grand jury saying yeah we're gonna get him we're gonna get him oh yeah this is great this is wonderful we're gonna get the we're gonna get him. Mean, it's crazy. This is cuckoo times. These are the end times of a nation, of a once great nation. I mean, let's be honest. It, you know, some people will say they're biblical end times. I, I don't. I don't know that, but I do know that we're on the downward slope of a country. I mean, look what's going on. You have a corrupt guy in the White House. I will never call him president. He's an occupant of the White House. You, he's totally corrupt, top to bottom and probably has been his entire career in Washington, D.C., living off the, the government nipple. Meantime, he's been doing all these side deals with his lovely son, his lovely and talented corrupt son, who blew out his teeth because he did so much drugs. And by the way, on the program today, we have a big drug bust um, near Daytona Beach uh, in Florida. We also have a story about rents uh, exploding in Tampa, unfortunately. But this Biden now is completely corrupt and he is allowing a full-scale attack emanating from our border in order to seed this country, seed certain red states in particular. We're talking about Texas, they're targeting Texas, but Florida also. Key states, they're seeding them with future Democrats, AKA illegals. And they're rewarding the private entities who are aiding and abetting this criminal act. It's unbelievable. I mean, up is down and down is up in this country. And I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer because it's, it's a beautiful day. Absolutely a beautiful day and the cherries are here, but we have to deal with reality. And that even though the cherries are here and we have a beautiful summer day and we go down to Siesta Key again and we look at the uh, tractors going to do his thing, which is moving the sand in the right place to make it perfect for all the beachgoers. But things are not perfect in this country, and, and we, have a, we have heavy lifting to do, and I don't know exactly how we fix it. And we also have a lot of um, issues with the, this younger generation, and, and they actually believe that there is more than two genders. I mean, they actually believe this, this non-binary, this trans, LGBTQ, X, Y, Z. They believe this stuff. They believe there are more than men and women. This is not a good sign for the future of this country. And again, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but there are some rays of hope, like the pushback with Bud Light and this craziness, and we'll get into that. We have a story about that. But special ed, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of down today. I don't know about you. You have the birds chirping. You got your um, <laughs> your conservative grounds hat on. You're wearing red, just like me. I guess it's honor of in honor of uh, Donald Trump, or or maybe we're just uh, red, as in red hot mad, or maybe because we're in a red state. Maybe all of the above. Special ed.
1: Well, it could be, but, I mean, at at the end of the day, you know, it's just another, you know, crappy day in paradise, you know, so to speak. But, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for us to be happy here. There's a lot of reasons for us to understand that, you know, while we're taking a look at the periscope across the rest of the states and, you know, the nation and even some countries abroad here and everything isn't perfect here in Florida— I mean, hey, at the end of the day, right, 80 percent of something is better than 100 percent of nothing. So we do have that to look forward to. And we'll continue marching down that path to make sure that our state doesn't get stepped on by, you know, some of the craziness that's going on in the rest of the states and California and D.C. specifically.
0: And that, and that's true. And, you you know, you, you're you right to shame me and correct me, especially because we do have optimism in, in Florida. We're leading the league in trying to reattach this republic to the United States Constitution. And Stephanie, on our our chat on um, Rumble, uh, by the way, you can chat on Rumble. I can't reply to you, but I can read it. Um, says that they grow uh, cherries in Michigan. Do you know that special? They got cherries in Michigan?
1: I didn't, but I, you know, every time I hear about cherries, you know, it's the, you know, the thing you always hear about Washington, D.C., when the cherry blossoms and out, I, I think there was a story there that, you know, that was a gift from Japan at some point in time. I'll see if I can find that out. But no, I did not know that. Yeah, the
0: the cherry trees in D.C., yeah, gifts from Japan, I believe before World War II. Could be wrong on that one. Maybe special level. Check it out. But it is cracker 82.5 plus seven degrees a day, maybe eight. And, and that's what we need to talk about just very briefly, that there is a heat advisory in effect in southwest Florida. But I think it is effectively south of Fort Myers. Do you see it like basically in the Naples area, especially where the heat advisory is?
1: Yeah, I do. I see it. I'm I'm looking at a map right now. And, you know, when you go a little bit where Sanibel Island is and then Naples is right on the cusp of it, then you go down south, uh, Markle Island, Everglades City, then it goes in inland a little bit. And that's where the heat advisory is. And I guess that that's supposed to be starting from noon till seven today. And we'll take a look at the heat index. indexes. The heat index is a, a combination of, you know, where the humidity is as well as the temperature. And it's going to be well in excess of 100. So that that's a little steamy and a little hot.
0: You know what they do in California, you folks in the 49 other states, you don't know this, but they they have your emails. They have your your phone number. They will email you or text you saying, do not run any kind of appliance between two and five. You know? <laughs> so in other words, if you have a CPAP machine, you gotta run. If you have uh, oxygen, you gotta run. You know, That's an appliance, not to mention maybe you wanna cook a meal, oh no, you're not allowed to do that. What about charging your Tesla? Oh, no, 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 you can't charge your Tesla. You can do nothing. You basically have to shut, oh, don't run your air conditioning. Are you kidding me? You can't run your air conditioning during these heat waves. It's 105 degrees. People don't realize how hot it gets in California. I mean, along the coast. You don't have to get go very far inland in Los Angeles or San Diego to get hot. I mean, the, the valleys are right there. In San Diego, you have El Cajon. It's only about uh, six or seven miles as the crow flies from the beach. And then, of course, in L.A., you have the San Fernando Valley. And it gets per-don hot. It gets hotter than it is in Florida. I guarantee you that. Well over 90s into the hundreds. And, um, and so they will tell you, hey, you cannot live your life. That's the message they give you. Forget about it. You can't do anything. So there's a heat advisory in southwest Florida, basically in the Naples area, Everglades area uh, for today. So be careful if you're one of those people. Um, Meantime, here's the good news, Special Ed. And I think in honor of this, we ought to go down to the uh, beach once again. Check the beach cam. The crooked cam (laughs) is crooked, as usual. But Special Ed... We have a designation for Sarasota, and I hate to say this because I know word gets out, and this program is seen across the country, across the globe, for that matter. Um, Sarasota has another high honor in terms of livability, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I I had a friend of mine who lives over on the other side, outside of Miami, who uh, visited over on this side and said, man, this is absolutely magnificent. According to the latest U.S. News & World Report, They have named, and this will give it away, Circus City, which Sarasota is called in uh, reference to the uh, Ringling Brothers Circus act back in the day, uh, as being one of the top cities in the U.S. And also, no surprise to us, as the Zamboni of the beach runs up and down uh, our favorite beach, uh, Siesta Key.
0: Siesta Key is number one. There's no doubt of it. It's not a Zamboni as much as it is a uh, just a tractor. You know, it's grooming. Back when uh, grooming was still an acceptable word and didn't mean something horrible, disgusting, <laughs> that's what this uh, thats what this tractor's doing. It's just doing his grooming thing there for the hordes of people at the beach. And you know, it could be a big beach day. I don't know. It's its Wednesday, June 14th. I hope people still work. Um, I think they do. But I want to get into the news, Special Ed. Um, you know, it wasn't that big a circus it looked like down in Miami on Tuesday for the... Um, Crucifixion of our time, political crucifixion of our time of a righteous and innocent man who is being selectively prosecuted because he happens to stand for you and me. And and, and don't ever forget that the attacks on Donald Trump are a proxy attack on God-fearing, red, white, and blue loving, mostly Christian Americans who want this country tethered back to the United States Constitution. This is a proxy attack on God-fearing Americans. Do not ever forget that. And we need pastors to understand this and to not be afraid of losing their 501C4 or 501C3 status. That they've got to be beginning to sound like me. And that is preaching from the pulpit of what is right and what is wrong, what is righteous and what is evil, because we are in the fight of our lives. You know, I like to quote Ephesians 6, where we need to, we are told to stand firm with the truth. Stand firm with the, on, the armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of the gospel and put around your waist and buckle it, the, the, the belt of truth. That's what Ephesians 6 effectively says. I'm a terrible Bible quoter, okay? I'm a paraphraser. But that's what we need to do in this situation. We are fighting evil. It says in Ephesians 6, when evil comes, evil is here. And don't you forget that this attack, just like with Christ, was a proxy attack on anybody who followed Christ. This attack on Donald Trump is a proxy attack on anybody who supports Donald Trump because we are at war. We're at an internal war. It is a civil war within this country. And effectively, it's uh, in the the neighborhood of probably 60 million Marxist morons and, and a federal government linking to that and an education system and a mainstream media that are all working together to destroy this country. And that's a powerful quad. I mean, think about it, right? You have millions of Americans, tens of millions of Americans, along with a federal government out of control that's weaponized, a mainstream media that is weaponized and doing the propaganda bidding of the federal government and the Marxist Democrats. And then you have the education system, which is completely overthrown by the radicals. And as much as we elect quote, conservative school boards in our local districts, in our local areas, it's absolutely worthless when you don't have control of the classroom at the granular level. That is, the teachers' unions are setting the agenda, not the school board. The teachers and the teachers' unions, down at the granular level, are the ones that are influencing and grooming these kids. And the only solution, the only solution to the public school mayhem that's going on and been going on now for many, many years is to remove a child from the system. That's it, because it accomplishes two goals. One, the child will get a proper Christian, hopefully education or homeschool or whatever, but you get them out of the public schools, but that child also represents dollars. And then you begin to starve the system of money And when you starve the system of pupils and money, the unions start to suffer and the schools start to close. And this is the only way. And then the better news is you're going to raise a constitutional, God-fearing, perhaps Christian child. So that's the way I kind of sum this up, Special Ed. I know that's rather verbose, but that's the fight we're in right now. But um, in general... uh, It seemed like it was a pretty calm occasion down in Miami, except for one nutcase that (laughs) ran in front of the motorcade.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, it was. And, you know, kudos to the uh, law enforcement there as well as, uh, you know, the the mayor Suarez. You know, he said, look, he goes, we're going to make sure that nothing happens. We're going to make sure everything is safe. And it was. And. You know, I don't have any numbers yet, but, you know, in, in rough terms, you know, there were a lot of Trump supporters and a smaller group of people that were against Trump. And one of them was this crazy guy who was dressed up in a in a convict black and white uniform that decided he was going to bum rush and get him right in front of the uh, SUVs. As Trump was approaching the uh, courthouse. But other than that, it was pretty procedural once they went inside. I mean, you go through the normal booking thing, through, you know, the the fingerprinting, photography and things like that. But oddly enough, and once again, this is how you push back. The judge had come up and had originally said, by the way, and this is uh, Donald Trump's um, valet, if you will, and he's also a co-defendant in this, he said, you're not to have any contact with him at all, to which his attorneys came back and said, wait a minute, you can't do that. This is a man that works for Donald Trump. And if he can't work, he can't earn his pay. So what you're basically doing is you're unemploying him based upon a supposition that you think doesn't exist. The judge backtracked and, you know, compromised. And so they said you cannot speak about this case with your valet. But still, I mean, you got to push back.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good call. That's a good call. And, and if the judge starts saying, hey, you can't talk about um, any national security issues because of this case, that is BS too. And, those, and the attorneys are going to push back on that. Donald Trump is running for president of the United States. He is the de facto leader of the Republican Party. He's leading the governor of Florida, whatever his name is, <laughs> uh, by a wide margin. That margin is insurmountable. And... Um, And he's got to be able to talk about all issues, including this one, for crying out loud, including to be able to defend himself, not only in court, but in the court of public opinion. Of course, he's got to be able to speak up. This is okay. So afterwards, we have a little bit of interesting stuff. I don't want to spend too much time on this special ed, but afterwards, I thought it was rather um, interesting, humorous, but also telling, I think. uh, President Trump stopped at a Cuban uh, food, a Cuban restaurant. And uh, now I'm going to butcher the name. And if you, Abra Espanol, (laughs) please, you know, help me out here. But and my friend uh, Elizabeth, who's from uh, Puerto Rico, doesn't like my Spanglish, but I learned my Spanglish on the streets of Tijuana. Okay, so uh, I'm going to give it a shot, but it's uh, Versailles, I think, two L's together is a Y sound. I know that. I never took Spanish in school. I took it on the streets of Tiju. So uh, Versa, Versailles, I think is how you pronounce it, special ed. And Trump made a stop there.
1: Well, I mean, I would call it Versailles because, I mean, if I had to shorten it Versailles, there would be more French than it would be Cuban. Right. But yeah, you know, one of the famed restaurants that was there and, you know, um, you know, Afterwards, you know, the Mordecai left there, you know, and it was his 77th birthday. And by the way, you have to understand, there's a a big chunk of people that are in Miami that are Cuban, and he understands that, and to Marco Rubio's credit, I mean, Trump is just absolutely adored by the Cuban community that's here in South Florida.
0: By the way, you're correct, special. Today is Donald Trump's birthday. He's uh, 77 today, correct? Correct. So happy birthday, Donald Trump. And uh, you know, I hope he can take his mind off of this. It's absolutely incredible. Now he's got two, three cases against him. There's two out of New York from those lunatic partisan Marxist prosecutors. Then we have this one out of DC, but now it's staged in Miami. Um, and why, was the, uh, why were the original proceedings out of DC and not Miami? Why was the FBI handling it out of DC and not the Miami office? Hmm? If it's not political, okay. We all know it is. There's tons of evidence and reasons why. But he also has these other shoes to drop, too, for crying out loud. And it, it just it scares me that, you know, it's its the old special ed. It's the old throw everything at the wall and, and hope something sticks. That's what this is.
1: Well, I mean, if you take a look at it, I mean, thir- 37 counts is ludicrous. Basically, you have some idiotic counts here that, that are just so, so, I mean, it's LBGT in D.C. kind of mindset. It's like espionage. Really? And then you have all these other counts and what they're hoping is through the 37 counts they are going to have one out of those that will stick. And they'll go, ha ha. See, Donald Trump is guilty. I mean, they're just begging that they're just going to have one of these that's going to stick.
0: Yeah. And there is a real scenario building here where I mean, I don't even want to talk about this because I hate I hate guessing but it could happen that you have a, a convicted nominee that goes through the process and he's elected president. I mean, it's just... Eh. Somebody said this is the end of the country if that happens. It's not the end of the country, but it sure is a symptom of of what we got going on here. And speaking of uh, Miami, up the road, there's a little municipality called Davie. A lot of people have heard of Davie. It's kind of near Fort Lauderdale. Um, they're... Um, <laughs> they're starting a trend special ed in terms of work and i you know i know why this is happening you know why it's happening but
1: tell us what's happening well what what davy has decided that they're going to do is they're going to implement a four day work week but it, in, all, in all honesty if you've ever tried to get a hold of anybody in the government it's hard to get a hold of anybody on a friday anyway so i think they're just formalizing kind of like what they already did even if they were at the office or at home you know they really were embarking on a four day work week so Beginning on Thursday, August the 3rd, the new schedule is going to be from Monday to Thursday. Oh, and they're going to have extended hours, as if that really means anything with the government, from 7.30 a.m. until 5.30 a.m., and they're going to be closed Friday through Sunday. So I guess we'll wait and see. I'm not sure whether you're going to even notice anything, if you're going to be able to get anything more done because they're becoming more productive during a four-day work week. but Anyway, that's what they've decided to do is implement that four-day work week.
0: Yeah, but what if, you know, what if you have Fridays and Saturdays off in, in your job and you, your only day to go down to the, you know, Davie Courthouse or whatever, City Hall, is on a Friday. You know, this is, it's a three-day w- weekend. That's what they're getting. And and they're just dying to become more like California, to turn the, their services just like California. I don't know what the leadership is in Davie, but I can, if I had to bet my house, I would bet it is a Marxist uh, leadership that would come up with a plan like this. I could be wrong. Up in uh, Volusa County, which is um, up the road a little bit on um, uh, US-1, if you will, um, Daytona Beach area, there's a major drug bust uh, special. And this is the kind of stuff that um, I'm hearing, and we all hear, is coming across the border. Who knows how it got here? But it's it's nasty, gnarly, uh, potentially lethal, Illegal drugs. And this is a major harm. Uh,
1: you know, I, I I understand that, you know, fentanyl is a problem with all of this. I guess I don't understand from a I mean, putting myself in the, in the position of being a drug lord. It's like, why do, I want, why do I want to kill all my customers? But as a part of this drug bust, they have had one point five million fentanyl doses that's been seized in this drug raid. Now I don't know how many people that kills probably the US, Canada and maybe even parts of, you know, Mexico. But that is an incredible amount. More than 40 people were arrested in connection with this and they had over 2300 grams of fentanyl that they seized in this raid. They said that's enough uh, fentanyl to where it would wipe out the entire city as they're referencing in this article of San Diego.
0: Okay. Um, I can't do the math uh, because I did I went to um, a public uh, uh, university <laughs> so I'm going to put in here 2300 grams equals 2300 grams is about five pounds according to uh, according to my calculator so um, you know that's a lot of a lot of drugs and certainly uh, I don't know how much they you know they're cutting heroin with fentanyl I think I don't know I don't know this stuff anymore i it's just um, it's just a shame that we're seeing these zombies on the streets of major municipalities that are ingesting in part maybe fully fentanyl but it seems to be such a um a powerful um, sedative of some kind that it can kill you pretty easily if you uh, if you overdose it, i don't know if it, i don't know you know between heroin and and that i don't know but it's uh, this is a this is a good job by the um by the sheriff uh, up there in, um, in Belusa County. And, you know, we need to keep uh, keep diligent on this because we certainly don't want Florida turning into other parts of the United States with the fentanyl problems, quote, that they have. Um, now, on the other side of Florida, in Tampa, speaking of the border and illegals and drugs, there is an awful uh, case of um, an illegal an illegal alien, someone who should not be in this country to begin with, once again, preying on a presumably legal resident and presumably United States citizen. How many times have we seen this? Kate Steinley was, was a big one when President Trump was running for president before he was president in 2015 and 2016. Kate Steinley was murdered on a pier, Pier 39, I believe, in San Francisco. And her eventual, her murderer eventually got away with murder. And I think it's free right now. It, it's unbelievable. And he said, oh, well, I didn't realize I had a gun. And then I didn't realize it was loaded. Then I didn't realize I was aiming at the person. Then I didn't realize I shot it. You know what I mean? It's just, so, but the bottom line is there is story after story after story. Ever heard of angel parents? Angel parents, you should be aware of, they're probably more popular and more well-known in California because uh, unfortunately more Californians die at the hands of the illegals, whether it's violence by you know, firearm or knife or fist or whatever, or behind the wheel of a car. You know, these illegals get behind the wheel of a car and that car is a lethal, potentially lethal weapon. And they get drunk. Or they, they drive recklessly and they kill Americans. And so now in Tampa, special ed, we have an ugly case that has developed between an illegal, someone who shouldn't have been in this country in the first place, and a woman.
1: Well, you know, the, the sad thing is, is that, you know, th- this is somebody who's actually here who isn't a part of the border crossing. And understand, you know, while this is horrendous in itself, being a, a rape. Um, violation here is that illegals are killing sergeants here in the state of Florida as well. So, you know, this is somebody who actually got caught. If you can only imagine what's going on across the border and imagine these illegals that are coming in now, and this one resident in Tampa, where they came from and the amount of people that are continually being poured into the system, this is going to be one, sadly, I think, of many more stories that are going to come about about illegals in cities that are committing horrendous crimes against women, against our law enforcement, against anybody.
0: Okay, so he, he committed a sexual assault against a woman in Tampa um, who got in... Is it Tampa? Yeah. Uh, Tampa. No, no, was it Tampa? It says Fort Myers in this report. I, huh. I thought it was Tampa. Um, so the guy... Why? We have both. We have Tampa and Fort Myers. I bet it was Fort Myers. It doesn't matter, really. Um, the fact is there are illegals all over this country. And this crime, this rape, should not have taken place. This woman shouldn't have gotten into this dude's car, I'll tell you that much, and uh, that's how it all uh, precipitated. But uh, the bottom line is, you know, she's innocent, and now she has been uh, a victim of crime, a crime that should never have taken place because the guy should never be in this country in the first place. How many times have I said that over my career looking at this camera? This crime should have never taken place because this dude should have never been in this country in the first place. And so now we're going to spend all this money, by the way, prosecuting this guy, having this woman go through the pain of, you know, line up and then going to court and testifying. And maybe she doesn't want to testify. And so we we spend all these tax dollars adjudicating this crime. So let's say he's convicted. He's convicted for 10 years or whatever. And then we pay his three meals a day for 10 years. And then we let him loose. And then what? We let him loose or do we deport him? I don't know. Who knows 10 years from now? The system's broke. In my opinion, you have a criminal, you need to have, you need to go down, and this is something Trump would do. This guy, let's say he's from Honduras. I don't know. I don't know where he's from, and I don't care, but he's illegal. And there are many from Honduras here, okay? So I'm not picking on Honduras, but let's, just for example, if he's from Honduras, I would say to the Honduran government, we give you aid, If you don't accept this guy, try him and stick him in your jail. We're gonna take off X amount of the aid. For each person you don't accept, we're shaving off money we're giving to you. That's it, end of story. Why are we spending our time and our money prosecuting this guy? Of course I don't want him returning to the United States. And that's why you say to this country, in this case, my example, Honduras, you will prosecute him and we'll keep an eye on you and you will put him in jail. Does that make sense,
1: Special Ed? It does. And and, and I think for a, a word of warning for everyone who's out there, I mean, my mother once told me there's nothing good that happens after 2 a.m. Yeah. Well, this happened at 6 a.m. outside of a nightclub. She thought it was a cab. Don't know why you got in. Don't know why she was alone. But But a, a word of warning to everyone that's out there. In these times, you need to make sure that you're not out there alone. You need to have a buddy with you. If you're going diving in the water, you're going to have what's called a dive buddy to make sure you're watching each other's back. In today's environment, it makes absolutely no sense to be out after dark by yourself. She thought it was a cab she got in. Granted, her mistake. I'm not trying to make any kind of excuses for you know Juan Julio Hernandez, who was the uh, perpetrator in this. But we need to be on guard, especially now.
0: It's good advice. And, and apparently it did happen in Fort Myers. They had a dateline. When they write a news story, they always have a dateline. They just had a dateline Tampa. So it, it, it did happen in Fort Myers. Again, it doesn't matter where it happened. It matters that it happened, and it shouldn't ever happen again. And we need to sweep all illegals out of this country. Oh, Graham, you're a bigot. No, I'm not. I'm an American. And I happen to care about the rule of law. And if you're in this country illegally, you're violating the rule of law. It's that. Simple. And you've also violated our sovereignty. In Tampa, though, Special Ed, um, the, the you know, Tampa has seen an explosion in terms of people coming. to. I don't know what Tampa was like in 2016, 2017, 2018, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, but now it, it seems as though there is a huge influx of people in Tampa, both Buyers and renters, people fleeing, mostly the, the blue states, looking for a nice weather and a nice place to live. And they found Tampa, but that's affecting rents,
1: Special Ed. Well, it is. And if you if you look at Tampa as being at least the hub on, on the west side, Uh, You've got a huge airport. Obviously, you've got a bunch of uh, cruise ships that are leaving here. You're seeing an explosion in the university here for a couple of reasons. In the fact that, you know, they're actually teaching people. And the cost of uh, education here in Florida is one of the lowest in the nation. Uh, So and then on top of every place else that we have in Florida, we have a absence of asset of homes that you can buy and ones that you can rent. Since 2018, apparently the rent has spiked 38 percent. Um, and over here on the peninsula side, 36% in St. Petersburg.
0: That's uh, significant because uh, that's even worse than the Joe Biden inflation. And you know what? It's not Joe Biden's inflation. It's, it's, it's the uh, government shutdown inflation. So since 2018, they're up 38%. That that means that people who, uh, who resided in Tampa um, prior to to the government shut down because of ostensibly because of a, a simple virus that's no more lethal than the flu. Um, that means that the people prior to that are getting hammered, and that's unfortunate because you know as as these rents go up for the new people, all boats rise eventually, and uh, you know it's getting harder and harder for for people to live when inflation is as high as it is, and. I believe inflation is still pretty high. I don't. I can't remember what the Fed is clocking inflation at right now. The CPI just came out. And I, I did not catch the number. Um, I don't, did you catch it, Special Ed?
1: I, I think it was somewhere like 7.1. I know I saw a story where they were talking about the fact that it ease, You know, they... You know, they, they just get absolutely giddy because inflation is flat for one month. But they don't understand that, you know, it's accumulation of all of it. That's like saying I didn't score any runs in the eighth inning, but I'm still behind 10 to zero. You don't get giddy about that, but it's somewhere in the 7 percent range. And, and also, you know, it, it's a matter of supply and demand here, too. With the interest rates going up, multifamily housing has also dropped by, according to this data, 64 percent. So if you got to live someplace and if you can't afford a house, that's going down by 64%. So what are you going to do? You're going to go rent.
0: Yeah. And so it's tough. It's it's tough. And I, I believe that over time, things are going to mitigate. I think these rents will stabilize. They probably won't go down. You know, the rents rarely go down. Although sometimes, you know, if there's a supply and demand issue if enough people say, hey, I can't afford this and leave, then potentially the rents are going to go down. I mean, we're seeing that. For example, if you want to rent office space in San Francisco right now, I think you could probably ink a pretty good deal because there's plenty of empty office space. And by the way, I just saw an article that said that uh, in New York, the uh, vacancy rate is somewhere around 50 percent in terms of commercial real estate. And so, you know, these people uh, who own these office buildings um, commercial in these um, in these large metropolitan areas. Are probably thinking seriously about converting them into condos or apartments, which probably isn't a bad idea given where we are as a country, but and this work at home nonsense. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a, an alarming trend if you look at it. Why, why did all the commercial space go away? And why do we need more living space? And where are these people getting their money? Are they still getting money from the federal government, or the state government, or the local government? I mean, that is, to me, that is the scary part. And when you, when you, and I hate to hammer this young generation, but uh, they seem to be very quick to walk away from a job and a career, and 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 they may even not even have careers with this quote gig economy. If you don't know what a gig economy is, it's well, I drive for Uber, you know, uh, twenty hours a week, and then I wait tables uh 10 hours a week and that's my that's my income okay but what about your retirement what retirement you know that's that's kind of what we're looking at and and are they even paying into social security i mean there are ways around paying into social security and it may sound great in the short run not paying into social security but if you don't have a retirement account and you never paid into social security special ed come time when they get our age they're going to be in trouble
1: Exactly. And if you look at the way that things are acquired through the course of your life and you could look at insurance, because if you look at an insurance policy, they'll tell you to get more insurance early in your life because those are your earning years. These are their earning years. It also means that it's your contribution years yep. and you have to have I know this is getting a weeds, but you have to have 40 quarters of contribution into social security in order for you to draw any of this so let's put together how old you are when you're going to retire and figure out how many years you got to work and contribute to social security otherwise you're not going to have anything
0: 40 quarters is 10 years right yep cumulatively cumulatively okay um real quick before we go to national news um the most dangerous highway in florida is highway one which basically starts in the keys doesn't basically. It does start in the Keys and goes all the way up to Canada, and so you can take that road if you want uh, U.S. Highway One uh, from um, the point most southern point in the continental United States. Not all of the United States, but in the continental United States, you can take it all the way up to Canada uh, if you wish. But it's a very very dangerous road, according to the statistics. And and number four, this is national, by the way, and I think number four in the country. And number two in the state of Florida is what everybody complains about, and that is uh, I-4. And I-4, Interstate 4, links Orlando with Tampa. And it's nasty. I've driven it a few times, but I don't think it's that bad. But let's go to national news, Special Ed. um, Back to Donald Trump and the the persecution, prosecution of him uh, down in Miami. Um, A couple of congressmen are, are pointing out that the prosecutors have either direct or indirect links to the guy in the Oval Office. <laughs> I mean, uh, but not to mention the guy who uh, he served under as uh, when, when Obama was president. So that's Joe Biden. So both, at least one of the prosecutors has links to Biden and Obama. This could be a conflict of interest, don't you think?
1: I I thought that we used to have something back when we actually knew that, you know, it was blind justice and people actually had some degree of respect in law abiding. We used to say, I'm going to recuse myself because of the conflict. But no, Karen Gilbert had donated to Obama, Biden and even other Democrats. So I don't know if that's a conflict of interest in today's judicial system. Probably not, but I mean, on the surface of that, that is a clear conflict of interest.
0: Well, I, you know, and I, <clears throat> on this one, I, I have I probably uh, differ from the congressman. I, you know, what you do with your own money and your private time, it doesn't really matter. I think it's important for the jury to know in this case that this prosecutor, look, the prosecutor is going to go after Trump whether the prosecutor donated to Biden or not. That's the way I look at it. These people are Marxists. They are socialists. They hate Donald Trump. Whether they donated to Obama and Biden or not, it really is is meaningless. They're going to go after Donald Trump simply because he represents freedom and liberty and a return to constitutional America, and they do not want that. They also, by the way, Donald Trump represents a threat to them. Because they are running amok in the DOJ, along with the FBI, and they know that if Donald Trump is elected president, he's going to start dismantling, and and rightfully so. We need to dismantle the DOJ and the FBI. The only question is how much? You know, the FBI stops a a child smuggling ring, great, wonderful. But maybe that can be done at the local level. Maybe that case could be handed to um, a sheriff in whatever state that it's happening. And, and, and they're very confident people in the sheriff's department. And then maybe the FBI is just a, a clearinghouse for cases saying, hey, you have this going on in your state, in your county, this is what we recommend you investigate right now, this child smuggling ring, right? I mean, it could work that way. Why do we wanna give a central federal agency that we now know has a horribly blemished record of being weaponized against one political party and against a certain kind of person in the United States. Why do we want to give them any more power? And the same thing with the DOJ. The DOJ can play clearinghouse to the, the local prosecutors. Okay, DOJ has a case, it's a drug case, it it, it happened in Montana. Um, here we go, a district attorney in uh, this county in Montana. We recommend you prosecute. That could work, special ed. We don't need these agencies.
1: Well, I, I totally agree. And, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, you are perfectly, you know, go donate to who you want to, but let's at least make it a matter of public record. And also, you know, to Matt Gates' credit, you know, let's find out who's on the roster. Who are all the people that are involved with this case? And also, let's take a look at, since, you know, we're going through sock drawers and we're going through, you know, Trump's kid's closet, at least we could go through her past and, you know, she's a little controversial even before this, In as much as that she was caught secretly recording a defense lawyer and an investigator.
0: Yeah, so So, she's scum. uh, She's scum. Okay. But they're all scum. What's the joke? Uh, uh, You know, what's a thousand lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? A good start, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Listen, I got some lawyer friends. Some of them are decent. Okay, but let's move on. Yeah, because this ties into what we're talking about in terms of agencies gone wild. Now we have a president who, who you know, is the chief executive, ostensibly controls certain agencies like Department of Homeland Security, which exists nowhere in this here United States Constitution. DHS does not exist. I don't even know if that needs to exist, to be honest with you. Um, Department of Homeland Security is weaponized and it's weaponized in a way now that is going to disgust you that has to do with illegals and it has to do with sanctuary cities and it has to do with these so-called NGOs like Catholic charities. And now Biden's DHS is rewarding these criminal acts of these illegals crossing the border, special ed. They're rewarding them with millions of our dollars.
1: And, and to put an absolute on that, uh, DHS announced this week that they're going to be rewarding sanctuary cities and NGOs with $290 million. Mm. That's going to be spread across various cities, towns, many of them, like you were saying, NGO like Catholic Cherries, United Way, for helping resettle hundreds of thousands of border crossers and illegal aliens that are coming in. I mean, even in our home city by, you know, what used to be called America's finest city in San Diego. They're even having to taking a look at actually buying hotels to so, house illegal.
0: So these sanctuary cities like San Francisco, but it's not just San Francisco. It's it's all the state. California is an entire sanctuary state. And there are, <clears throat> excuse me, there are other sanctuary states out there. I think Illinois is a sanctuary state. I think New York is a sanctuary state, possibly New Jersey. So I think, I think, think blue state and you will come up with, effectively a sanctuary city uh, or cities within that state. And the sanctuary cities protect the illegals. Not only do they protect the illegals uh, from, from law enforcement and from, from being deported, but they aid them. So they are aiding and abetting a criminal and a criminal act. And they're not being held accountable. And sanctuary cities, so-called, have grown. They're not sanctuary cities. They are criminal cities. They are Sodom and Gomorrah cities. They are cities that need to be, in my opinion, destroyed from a political sense, not physical. Those cities need to be destroyed from a political sense. They need to be retooled completely. And the entire state of California is a sanctuary and it's disgusting. And then we have the NGO, NGO, which, like I said, Catholic Charities is the leading NGO in this attack on our sovereignty. The Catholic Church is destroying America. It is destroying America, and that's why I cannot set foot inside a Catholic church anymore until they stop this attack on our sovereignty. What does the Catholic Church do? The uh, Catholic charities, but it's, it's sanctioned by the Catholic Church and the Catholic bishops in this in this country. Unfortunately, they're they're biting the own hand that that fed the Catholic Church. The reason why the Catholic Church is as powerful and as rich as it is right now is because of America. And it is now destroying the hand that fed it. Catholic Charities gives the illegals an envelope, a little envelope about this big, and inside is a debit card, is a cell phone, is information about free housing and free clothing and free this and free that, how to get around in America, here's your, Here's your, not bus routes, are you kidding me? Buses are below illegal. We're talking airline uh, uh, fares, not fares, they're gonna be paid for. We're talking airline routes. What city do you wanna go to, illegal? We'll send you there. This is why what DeSantis and Abbott were doing was completely opposite what should have been done. Sending illegals to Sacramento, it's a sanctuary city, you dummies. They're gonna be harbored there. They're gonna be protected. They're gonna be given food and water and shelter and another cell phone and another debit card. And then they're gonna be given a map of America and saying, where do you wanna go? If you want to get rid of illegals out of your state, governors Abbott and DeSantis, put them on an aeroplane south, okay, south. That would be out of here, especially this makes me mad. I mean, it just fumes me.
1: Well, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And and let's go take a look at let let's follow the bouncing ball. So let's follow what happened when you sent all these people to New York. Then all of a sudden they realized, you know, hey, we can't house this. And then all of a sudden they said, well, we have a crisis here. Well, yeah, but they didn't leave New York. New York City just put them in other places in New York. And guess what they did? They asked for more of our money because they didn't have enough money in their sanctuary city to house the illegals that were being brought in there. So two things happened. The illegals didn't leave and they asked for more of our money.
0: I have to move on because I think my blood pressure is shooting up right now. But here's another one that will raise your uh, blood pressure. Gas stoves. Are among uh, members of the endangered species in Washington D.C. I mean, think about it. this is cuckoo. You know, in Florida, most of us don't have gas for whatever reason. I still don't know the answer to that. If you know, send me an email, Graham Ledger four one one at Gmail. <laughs> why is there? Why is Florida not plumb with gas? I have a suspicion, um, and it has to do with this, the ground, the soil. But um, I'd like to know for sure. Um, so, but. Uh, if you're a member of Team Biden, and I guess it's the EPA that's leading on this, they're making gas stoves an endangered species. They don't want you to cook with gas anymore, which is the cleanest burning fuel on the planet, or at least among them. Um, and, and and by the way, people use uh, gas to heat their homes. <laughs> just a little bit of gas during the wintertime when it, in the cold areas, not Florida. Um, but it's not just gas stoves, Special Ed. They are after everything. They're after your refrigerator. They're after your microwave. They're after your sink. They're after your incinerator. They're after every dishwasher, everything they can get their hands on to make it, quote, even more energy efficient than that little sticker I get when I buy one of these things.
1: Well, a couple of things. What they're really trying to do to put a global perspective on this is that Every single thing that technology and industry and business have done for the last hundred years to make our life easier is being attacked by the people on the left. It's absolutely crazy. Let's take a look at it from a business standpoint. If you want to get, for example, a gas stove and you're going to... Home Depot or wherever you're going to get it, you're going to find that they're going to have one of those stoves that's going to be bought by you. And then guess what? Then they're going to be mandated not to produce those anymore. And then guess what's going to happen? So, and you know, one, two, three, four different areas of our economy, as well as, you know, what we have done to have a better life are being attacked. It's absolutely nuts.
0: Well, you know, this dovetails into uh, the cafe standards for cars. Um, People are suggesting that, that um, drivers are more reckless. That's why there's more fatal accidents. It's not because they're more reckless. It's because of the government mandates to make these cars lighter and lighter and lighter. And so you see these little smart cars driving around? I mean, I, that's like driving around in a golf cart and you should know that you are not protected and you should know you're not protected in a golf cart. Are you driving in a golf cart, the street legal around Florida? You know that you're taking a bit of a risk, and you got to be extra careful. You're driving a smart car. You you drive a smart car on a freeway and get in an accident. You, forget it. I mean, it's it's uh, it's over. But other cars are built lighter and lighter and lighter, and that's why people are not surviving. I mean, think about it. When when we were growing up, you had these behemoth vehicles, the Lincoln Continentals with suicide doors. I had one of those in 1967. Lincoln Continental with suicide doors. My uncle had it actually, and I was driving around in it. And uh, you got an accident in that thing? That had the largest V8 production engine in the history of the country, at least it used to be. Uh, You got in a head-on on on that? You're, (laughs) I mean, the thing, the thing probably wouldn't even move. (laughs) You're gonna survive that accident, even if it doesn't have seat belts in it. But uh, you know, this is the government uh, at work once again. But let's make a quick segue um, to uh, to Bud Light, I read an article and I sent it to you, Special Ed, um, about the uh, the bleeding, the hemorrhaging is continuing uh, at Anheuser Busch, and the headline in this uh, article said something like the I don't know the the, the bleeding continues at Tranhauser-Busch. <laughs> Tranhauser Busch, Tranhauser, <laughs> and that's a reference to this Dylan Mulvaney nutcase um, who who thinks that he is a girl that set off the Probably the largest and most successful boycott in the history of the world.
1: Well, you know, let's go take a look at the bad timing of this. First of all, they introduced this during March Madness, which is probably the most watched sporting event outside of the Super Bowl. And on April 1st, this is when the boycott started. That's 10 weeks ago. We have seen a consecutive drop over and over again towards in the 20 percent. Now, just this last week, it was 27 percent. Bud Light has lost its position as being the number one beer. I think that position is now taken over by um, a Mexican beer of all beers, if you can believe that. And they continue to hemorrhage over and over again with, with no apology. I mean, I, At the end of the day, you can correct this by being humble and contrite and getting on your knees and saying, we're really upset in the fact that, you know, we did the wrong thing and I am sorry and it will never happen again. But Modelo is having a heyday on it.
0: Yeah, no, Modelo, I think, is owned by an American company. You can Google that or or duck duck it uh, real quick, special ed. But I think Modelo is owned by a conglomerate, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's owned by a, a group called Constellation Brands, and Constellation Brands also owns the U.S. rights to Corona beer in the U.S. So, yes, you're right.
0: Yeah, okay. So, uh, but the bottom line is um, this uh, this boycott is going nowhere, and it's not a boycott anymore. It's that people are turning Bud Light into a dinosaur, and, and that's where maybe it belongs, on the dust heap of, of history. <coughs> Excuse me again. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's no longer a boycott. What this is now is a change of habit and people have changed their habit and realized that there's Miller Lite or Modelo, or I don't know if Modelo makes a light beer or not, but there's other light beers out there that are not even produced by Anheuser-Busch that are now substituting. I don't know why Bud Light was the number one beer. It is disgusting. I never drank Bud Light. If I had to drink one of those cheap light beers, if you will, it was Coors Light. And even one of those, you know, after three quarters of the can, I, kind of, my, 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 uh, inside of my cheeks were kind of puckered, um, if you will, my, my mouth was kind of puckered just because they're just kind of nasty. So I can't tell, I can't say what most people call them on a family show like this special, but you know what I'm talking about, Bud Light didn't exactly no. taste great.
1: Well, what what happens in this world, and let's admit, and, and you know, it, it will shame me to say this to you, but beer is a commodity, at least in the general public view. I, I have my preference for better beer, and it isn't any of these ones we're talking about. But it's about advertising dollars, and whoever has the most ad dollars has the tendency to win the greatest share. And consequently, you have InBev, which is a huge Belgian company, and all the ad dollars that are there. But also ancillary to the fact that Bud Light is losing, you have other brands that are within that portfolio of InBev, Anheuser-Busch, and you've got Bud, it's down. Bush is down 13.8%. Stella is down over 10%. So they're hemorrhaging from every single product that Mm -hmm. they have in the portfolio at Anheuser-Busch, InBev.
0: Boy, it'd be uh, interesting to be at the shareholder meeting, the next shareholder meeting. Oh man, I hope somebody streams that live. Uh, Now that's gonna be a doozy. But congratulations to people. I'm not a Bud Light drinker, so this doesn't affect me. I just support you if you're you're giving up on it. But congratulations. I mean it. Congratulations to people who were Bud Light drinkers and are no more. And I I hope soon, you know, Bud Light owned that segment of beer. And so you see a lot of Bud Light umbrellas and Bud Light you know shrink wraps and stuff like that. I hope that these liquor stores Um, start taking this into account and getting rid of this stuff and just trashing it. You know, you want to donate it to Habitat for Humanity? Fine with me, but uh, I would just trash it. I would have a big rally, burn Bud Light stuff, if you will. That's what I would do. But um, Special Ed, uh, 10 seconds left. You're not a Bud Light guy, but you're an IPA guy, right?
1: Absolutely. And Bud and Miller, we call those swill, which is something that my tongue will never touch. But my beer choice here in Florida is Highlight Beer, my local brewery, Cigar City, which, by the way, is owned by Monster. So no, we don't have any conflict of interest. So I'm happy with my beverage choice on what will be a 90-degree day.
0: Well, have a beer for Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump's birthday, uh, and we appreciate the president and what he's going through. We're praying for him. I hope you pray for him, too, because he needs our prayers and he needs our action. Remember, prayer without action is dead, so we need to have whatever little action you want to take on behalf of. President Trump, this is his birthday today, and he deserves better than what he is suffering through right now. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The archives, the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger, along with Special Ed. And remember, even when we're wrong, we're right. (laughs)